1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, I on a bit of a road trip. I'm, I'm in another hotel room in another strange place. I've got a, um, an on-site visit at a property of mine tomorrow and of course I've, uh, I've got a podcast to record. But I'm very happy to say that uh, we're about to hear from who's a very smart man who is involved in some of the smart home technologies as an installer. So we've we've been hearing some to some extent on this series of people who are, um, you know, there's a mixture of different backgrounds, if you like. There's some more conceptual and there's some more hands-on. Andy is probably a mixture of both of them but he's definitely more hands-on. He installs these systems and has been doing so for a couple of decades now I believe. So um, in fact the conversation I had with him I just kind of let go because it was really fascinating and and fascinating to such an extent in fact that I wanted to split it into two halves. So today we're going to have part one, the first half of, uh, of the interview that I had with uh, Andy, Andy Cox from ThroughMyTV.com and uh, um, it, it was really interesting, I think, to talk about what is uh, available now in terms of smart home technology and some of the applications and some of the benefits of that. So um, without further ado, let's uh, let's just queue up the interview that I had with, uh, with Andy right now. You can listen to part one. Uh, I'll just do a quick wrap up at the end and, uh, and next week we'll pick up the second half of that conversation.
0: Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, Another episode on the Property Voice podcast in our series uh, covering PropTech or property technology. And um, I'm kind of drilling into some of the subtopics now in earnest. And I'm very pleased to have uh, with me on the call today, uh, Andy Cox from uh, ThroughMyTV.com. I think
2: I've got that right. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Hi, Richard. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So what we do or what I do here at through my TV is we are a residential and commercial technology installer so we look at installing technology to enrich people's lifestyles and and make make the home automation and the digital life a little bit easier for them so we look at taking taking all the technology that people have in their homes as in speakers lighting heating um and sound systems and we put put together a system that unifies all of that technology so that the user can control their entire home or all of their equipment from from one from one device really so you're not juggling remote controls in your lounge or juggling smartphone apps to be able to get technology to work together or to be able to uh, gain information from pieces of technology like CCTV systems and uh, and and lighting systems around the house. So it's really the the, the backbone system that uh, enables the coming together of all the technology and the electronic uh, devices in your home and in your life.
1: Good summary thank you um I, I think there is the we could probably get into this conversation about uh, connecting different technologies and devices um it's certainly something that i've found myself that you know some of it is isolated i think it sounds to me that for what you do you kind of bring all that together but there is there are perhaps some things that people can do themselves um, either collectively or on in remote areas but perhaps we'll get into that conversation but what i'm what i'm really intrigued about is that you're actually installing these systems so um, and you may not have caught up with some of the conversations I've had on the series so far, but, you know, we kind of kicked off with a sort of um, more a, a conceptual sort of approach, let's say, um, and talk about what's here, what's coming from people who are observing it, you know, you know, in patterns, let's say, rather than on the ground and doing it. So I'm, I'm actually keen to get your take because clearly on a day by day basis, you're, you know, at, you're implementing systems right now. And I believe you've been doing it for some time as well. So you kind of talked about some technology there uh, a little bit. Um, what would be very useful is um, could we kind of just some or could you summarize for us what what is embraced within the idea of a smart home or home automation? What kind of subsections of uh, technology are we talking about in particular?
2: Yeah, OK, fine. Uh, well, I think. Straight off the bat, it's probably in, probably interesting for yourself and your viewers to talk about uh, smart home. As in, what over the past few, couple of years, before I get into the specifics of the technology, we've we've I've, we've noticed a real sort of division in the market because we've had what was for many years what is the conventional um, automation systems and technology systems, like I spoke about in my brief outline, where people uh, would have a home cinema and you know you would press a button and the lights would dim when you press play and and all those good nice things that are nice to have that don't necessarily enrich your life or make your life any easier but nevertheless it it's nice to have and that's the conventional type of system uh that people would come in and install lots of wires and and nice black boxes and and they would all work very well but the market has now been split because we've got other other people in the market that are coming into this that are, that are enabling people to do it themselves so the likes of Amazon and Apple and uh, and all other big-name people that are allowing users to buy devices and actually create these systems themselves so so what we have, What I have noticed and what the trend is over the past few years is we've got the the conventional home automation systems and home technology systems versus this new new wave of uh, disruptors in the market like Amazon Apple and lots of other people like nest that are uh, that are really with their cloud services behind them really disrupting the markets and and putting the power in the in the users hands so they can actually do this themselves so just going back to your question or your points a little bit so the the main sort of sectors within a smart home or within a, a home that has enabled technology are, are, are obviously IPTV um, and non, uh, non-scheduled non television, so as we know sort of like internet TV. There's intelligent lighting, so uh, the ability to have um, lighting fixtures that are connected to the internet or connected to a control system so they can be controlled and manipulated at will. With a, um, There is CCTV, there is uh, the advent of um, controlling all your power sockets now. So a lot of um, power outlets in the house can be um, can be tr- uh, Wi-Fi enabled and can be controlled via smartphones and other applications. Um, going on from that, a really interesting one, and we might want to pick up on this a this, uh, little bit later. Richard. This is an interesting one for landlords and property owners who are remote from their property. Is a leak detection—that's a, that's yeah. a very interesting thing that's coming, that's rapidly coming onto the market. So, leak detection systems, and also being being able to interrogate your your systems in in a property whilst being remote from it. So, being able to interrogate the uh, the consumption of power in any given property or any given room, but also being able to interrogate uh, the creation of power, because in my experience, a lot of people that um uh, landlords and have additional properties um are interested very much in renewables so uh the the rental properties that I've seen typically will have some form of solar or some form of ground source or air source heat pumps that um that are installed at the property and um property owners and landlords are always obviously very interested to see you know the the ROI on those and that they're working and operating correctly Mm-hmm. So, I suppose those, those few sort of small sectors or like small genres within a tech home are the ones that we see the most.
1: Okay. Uh, and I think, you know, perhaps some of what I'm about to say is maybe covered by some of those broad headings. But I guess you got if you've got energy usage uh, or any, you know, energy management, that can be one of the applications. And the other one would be maybe remote access potentially. Um, it's. Is that fair? You know, just using some of the technology yeah, which then allows those things to happen. Yeah.
2: Remote access is is a is a nice one as well, especially for uh, for people, for properties that are perhaps not you know uh, habited all the time. So if uh, if you are remote, let's say you're a landlord and you're down south and you've got a nice Devon property that you're able to rent out, but you you're not going to want to make the trip to do any maintenance. So um, a a very you know. Light touch of technology might be that you have a video enabled doorbell and you also have a uh, a connected uh, lock to the the front door so that you know that an engineer from uh, British Gas or BT uh, is going to attend the property. You don't need to be there you can um answer the video call from the doorbell you can you can check his id um and then you can literally buzz that uh, that engineer or that gentleman in through the front door to do his works and um and that's probably saved you you know a day and a half travel and you know a sufficient investment in time and 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 money to actually be at the property to facilitate what could be a twenty-minute job from an engineer or something?
1: Yeah, I mean this is one of the things I really wanted to get into actually. So I've perhaps don't going to dive straight on that, and because I was going to go top level and uh, get you know, drill further down, but you, you, that's a, such a key one I think that which people spend so much time, uh, you know, appointments, uh, managing appointments, and you, you've either got to go yourself as a landlord, or you've got to ask the letting agent, who will sometimes, if you have one, who will sometimes charge yeah. you a fee. Uh, obviously, because it's yeah. time, or, or you've got to find some other, you know, way of doing it. There's all cost or time involved. So, you know, and I, I was fascinated by. I've seen some of these systems that you've just described. That uh, you know, video with uh, a link to the to the door. So literally, you can just buzz people in, and you can just see you can see their face and, and their ideas. You say on on a smartphone. I'm fascinated by that, and mm-hmm. I see applications obviously for for landlords, regular landlords, like you say, with letting in trades and that kind of thing. But I think also there's a growing market in uh, in service accommodation, so short-term lettings, so holiday rentals and that kind of thing. And um, you know, I've got yeah. a, I've got a couple of holiday lettings, and people turn up at all sorts of time, of day and night. Um, so it could be used to let them in um, in in a controlled fashion, let's say. I know there are other systems we could yeah talk absolutely about in conjunction with that. Um, so you know, I, I kind of just let let you talk about it a little bit more if you if you possibly can. Um, I'm thinking
2: about uh, Well I think access um, as well. There's probably quite a, Yeah, access is probably quite a poignant uh discussion and um and I can't say that I've got any answer to it straight or um, immediately but obviously um some video on the entrance to the property is uh, would be absolutely fine but CCTV within the property is an interesting discussion because mm-hmm. if you're um if if you're not in the property yourself um I don't know the ramifications, and it would be it was probably worth perhaps another podcast um, or a discussion on um what the uh legality is mm-hmm. of actually having c c t v within the property when you've got rented tenants whether you would ha- they would have to give your permission um t- in order to to do that um that's uh, it's not my area of expertise but um
1: well, I'm pretty and sure, Andy, I'm pretty sure afford. it's a no-go, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically, cameras inside monitoring what people are doing inside the property. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that we you know, we were not allowed to do that. So it is more on the a- access points, I think, um, and, and the external yeah. to the property, so for security purposes, let's say. But uh, go on, yeah, so the, the video access and maybe uh, um, keyless access, Um, and i think from your point of view
2: yeah Mm -hmm. uh, is an interesting one because um, this is something that's that's actually as you mentioned it's quite popular now with uh, with small uh, small lettings or uh, small lettings within london i've stayed in london and there's no longer a at a small suite rather than a a sort of conventional hotel room and you're, you're given a pin number and you effectively buzz yourself in so this is the, This is the same thing we're talking about, isn't it it's um, mm-hmm. It's managing access and egress of the property without having to have a, a physical person involved
1: It is, and I think one of the things that's probably uh, i mean the, some of these systems have kind of been around a little bit for some time, but I think possibly uh, I'm leading you into a, a discussion about um, is it now easier to install and is it now cheaper to get these systems than perhaps it was
2: well tremendously cheaper i mean this is uh, the technology we're talking about is an is an off-the-shelf product now mm. um so yeah uh, previously this would be uh this is the sort of the realms of that well it's not the realms of you know the footballer type sort of mansion sort of thing but it's for, for want of a better phrase but now all of this technology is literally an off-the-shelf technology and and can be can be installed by um by the the user themselves, with the support of perhaps a local uh, a, a local carpenter who can who can fit a door lock, can now fit fit one of these devices i think um, the 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 advent of broadband internet or fiber internet, and the advent of this new big buzzword, which is the internet of things, mm-hmm. which is effectively what. Um, all these devices uh, is the background that all of these devices uh, are working on has totally changed the landscape of, of what we knew to be possible and what is now possible. So um, I would I would say that perhaps some of the more conventional manufacturers of these you know these products that have been around for some time. There is some um, some heavy, big conversations in the boardrooms about you know where they're going to go because the, the disruption and the Internet of Things and all these devices that we're talking about uh, is is making making this that type of technology affordable for everybody.
0: Yeah,
1: I thought that was a case. I mean, I, I had a little wander around my local Maplin's a little while ago, and um, I was just kind of blown away with literally what you can get on the shelf or off the shelf. Yeah. Um, uh, But one of those, um, I had a conversation there with a chap at uh, Maplin's, and one of the things that became apparent was there were lots of technologies, so there were lots of manufacturers, and there were lots of technologies, not lots, but some, and um, what was coming into my mind was, okay, I could do this myself, I could buy a door access system, I could buy a lighting control system, I could buy an energy monitoring system, etc., um, but you know and i could get it installed with perhaps in my certainly in my case i'd need the local carpenter or whatever plumber uh, yeah, yeah. to help me out um, but it's then what about getting them talking to one another and um, okay that was something that was on my mind at least has that changed
2: it has changed again and it's it is again um an, another cloud-based service that uh that, that is out there that's is basically probably one of the most powerful parts of all this. So I don't know Richard if you've heard of uh, anything called if this then that. Yeah, I have actually. Mhm. Right, so that is a really powerful tool actually uh, that basically connects all of those things together. So um all of the modern day um Electronics manufacturers, are, are, you know are quite savvy to all this so they're now when they're producing a, a, a device They are basically opening up their API to people like if this then that and there's another there's there's various, various of them available There's another one called stringify which you know for Well the layman's terms effectively is an app that sits on your phone but what what it does is it, it pulls all these things together or makes connections between all of these things, but it does it remotely off in the cloud or someone else's server farm, which is what the cloud actually is, someone else's computer. But, um, and it, it does that for you. So going back to how things were conventionally done is, um, we, we would be in a property and we would install small black boxes that uh, people People, you know don't really know what they do but they do all of this communication between devices um, that we would sit and program but this now happens out in the internet via these via these apps so what for example let me give you a good example of this so a good example of um, if this then that doing a thing that's going to en- enrich your lifestyle would be perhaps um, the internet knows that uh it can take a weather report so what you could use your app to say uh, if in that morning uh the the temperature is going to be below freezing um so that your car is likely to be iced up then turn make one of my phillips hue lights in the in the hall uh, a dark blue between 6am and 9am so you can come down the stairs that morning see that that light is on and go oh I need to allow another five minutes uh, this morning because I'll need to de-ice the car when I go out to work so it's it's pulling all these things together and doing very clever little routines um, that are actually going to enrich your life and actually make your life a little bit easier and might even give you a little bit more time to get to work in the morning does that make sense
1: yeah no it does and, and I think you the, we talk about this you mentioned the internet of things, and um, yeah I think uh, you know this is kind of a buzzword as you, as you kind of alluded to, but yeah fundamentally what is it what is the internet of things
2: so the 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 internet of things is effectively um, every the, the, i suppose the dream of it is every piece of electronics um, that is currently being created and and will be you know in use over the next 10 or 15 years effectively being connected to the internet everything so that's from your TV to your kettle and people there's a little you know there's a lot of talk about fridges being connected to the internet and ordering your food but basically all electronics your lighting your electronic plugs everything being connected to each other so that using big computing you can start to use the technology around you in a unified system so they're all working together to actually do something that's useful to your life so you know it's all well and good to you know be able to press play on a movie and your lights dim but that's you know it's it's nice at the point but it's not actually enriching your life or making your life easier the internet of things when totally random devices can talk to each other or you can get information from devices anywhere in the world has big power associated with it so let me see if i can a good example of uh, the internet of things making your life or my life easier would be let's say like your par- my parents are, are get- getting on a few years now and um, you know occasionally i like to ring them or pop round to make sure everything's all right but how about the idea that I know that my mum and dad will get up half eight, eight o'clock in the morning and the first thing they'll do is go down and and put the kettle on. So how about my smartphone tells me that if by half eight in the morning, my mum and dad's kettle has not been switched on, that's probably an irregular situation and it might be just worth a quick call to my mum and dad, say, hey guys, morning, just wanted to check, you know, everything's all right, noticed you haven't had a cup of tea this morning or something, perhaps. So that's how the Internet of Things and everything being connected and giving you the power to actually enrich your life, or, or you know, take care of things and doing things a little bit easier for you. Yeah, and that, I think things like sorry. that are actually quite powerful.
1: Well, I agree with you; they are, and I think um, there's a couple of angles I want to spin out of that. I wanted it was oh, thanks for sharing what the Internet of Things was. It makes a lot more sense. One of the key points, so clearly, is uh, you need you need access to the internet, so that means either wi-fi and broadband or mobile communications doesn't Correct, it yeah. so um we we did have a quick conversation about your broadband connection just before we came live but it does <laughs> it you. does sort of i'm not going to get you to talk about it again but it does sort of um you know lay the uh, how important it is actually to have strong you know internet connection capability at your property so that's broadband and it's Um, mobile communication so is that going to play a much more important part um, in let's say how people view properties whether they're a tenant or an owner Um, it's going to be far more important
2: without a a shadow of a doubt Richard it it already is a massive factor Mm. so I know from the past two or three projects uh, domestic residential projects I've done for customers without a shadow of a doubt I know for a fact that they tested and, it, and wanted to find out what the quality and the speed of the internet was in their various village locations or town locations before they even entered the, the you know the realm of uh, going down the road of putting uh, offers in on properties. It's it is a an, is an absolute deal breaker.
1: Yeah, and a reason I wanted to get it out, it's kind of an indirect effect. So what we're talking about, there could be people out there going, well, I'm not really interested in this, and I'm not bothered, and I can't, you know, all of that kind of thing. No, it's, it's all right for someone else, but it's not working for me. But actually, uh, with, if you're a, an investor in property, whether you're flipping property or whether you're renting property out to uh, to tenants or you're doing short-term letting. The consumers, people who are buying, people who are renting and people who are staying yep, for term, are more and more, you know, reliant on these technologies. And so it will, by definition, affect things like pricing, rental rates um, and, and general demand, won't it?
2: Yeah, also in repeat business, because if you're a if you're a landlord um, and uh, you're minimum so your minimum rental period is six months or a year so after six months your tenants been in there and they've really struggled to um to watch their internet television uh or they've really struggled uh, at seven o'clock at night when lots of people are on the internet and it typically slows down internet uh speeds in a, in in any area maybe you maybe you don't renew your contract for the next six months or the next year maybe you think well if this is the best I can get, maybe I, maybe I, you know, as I'm renting, maybe I'll take this opportunity to look elsewhere. Um, it, it's a real big factor. It is.
1: And so that that's going to affect, you know, all of us on our bottom line. So, you know, whether we want to embrace the sort of Internet of Things or smart home technologies, yeah. you know, there's a knock on effect is where I'm kind of going with it, which could affect. I, I
2: recently the I recently heard a, a statement or a quote and I, I can't recall um, where it was from, but they, it, it, it's now believed that the in good internet connectivity is uh, now more important to uh, global business or certainly UK business and global business than coal was important to the Industrial Revolution.
1: Well that puts it in perspective doesn't it? <laughs>
2: So, um, that's... so absolutely for for, for everything for um, you know for for business to be to be active especially in cities with trading and stuff like that but that's not what we're talking about but as I just said you know it, it's it, especially within villages as well I think uh, because they tend to be the last people to be rolled out on um, fibre upgrades and and broadband upgrades it's very uh, attractive for infrastructure people when around my area we're having a lot of uh, a lot of houses um outside Spa. we're having thousands of houses um uh, being built and it's obviously very attractive for the infrastructure people to to roll massive fiber pipes to these um to these new buildings because they know they're going to have a relatively uh, young um population and everybody's going to take take up the the, the fiber the the other part of that is that the small, more rural villages where there's less houses and they're less, um, they're less tightly packed and perhaps it's a slightly more aged population. The, the, the older the population are not going to be interested in buying their 100 meg, you know, guaranteed, more expensive, um, packages. So it, it slowly drips out to the, to the smaller villages, but in, in the, in the new tightly packed residential, um, areas, all this and stuff is there from, from day one.
1: Yeah, and I was going to talk to you perhaps uh, a little bit later about, you know, new build versus, you know, existing stocks and that kind of thing. And, and I'll come to that later. But I think just to kind of ram this point home a bit, the way people are using homes is also changing. So, you, you know, people are streaming video, for example, you know, just a lifestyle change, uh, which requires Absolutely. a strong broadband connection. But also people, a lot more people are working from home as well so um the importance of this you know underlying connectivity can't be sort of uh overstated enough really i think yeah that-
2: absolutely and i think what uh, what sort of encapsulates what what you've just said is now that everything is effectively on demand we want everything on demand now so we want music on demand we don't buy you know the the sale of uh CDs has dramatically dropped over the past few years because why we don't need to physically own a CD when it can just be instantaneously downloaded uh, from the internet with the use of online music services, and there's there's lots of them like Spotify and uh, mm-hmm. Deezer, etc. The same, the same is with video. Is I mean I don't know uh, how you you consume uh, media, self, Richard, but I no longer am interested in scheduled television. Uh, that was years ago we all used to buy the radio times here in the UK and we'd look through to see what was on but that's all gone it's all it's no longer relevant we i can watch videos and documentaries or entertainment videos about what i want for any specific genre at, at any time just by using on demand services netflix youtube so really the sort of the, the death of tv scheduling is sort of on the horizon really everything will be on demand and and again, with media servers, there was a period where everybody wanted a media server where we could take all our CDs and we'd go in. It's a strange concept. You'd go and buy a CD and then you'd rip it into your media server and then it would be available on demand. And perhaps, perhaps we were doing that because we didn't have the, you know, the fast broadband connections that we now have. So perhaps that was just a, a stepping stone to where we are now with these everything on demand services. But, uh, yeah, everything on demand. Absolutely relies on this uh, you know, good bandwidth internet connection, so that uh, so that your pipe is big enough to, to to handle what you want when you want it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just to illustrate the point. I've got uh, I've got a property. It's a, it's it happens to be an HMO, and um, it, what I had a what I call a sticky room. <laughs> it's uh, you see a room that wasn't rent, it took a while to rent. It was the least popular in the in the property. Um, but okay. what I did is I, I put a TV in. And I put an Amazon Fire Stick in which the the, the Amazon Fire Stick was twenty quid, um, yeah. and it then it allowed streaming of you know a bunch of t- channels, some free movies, music, Netflix, etc. And the room, funny enough, now I let that we, I let the room with an advertise it TV and um, Amazon Fire Stick with all the rest of it included, and it is funny enough, it's not sticking anymore. So uh, that
2: was, uh, yeah no, I've experienced similar things uh, with uh, with landlords providing um, you know a couple of Sonos uh, speakers and a free um, Spotify um, you know account in, in rented homes, and yeah, it's the it's just that little over and above golden touch that perhaps people really appreciate.
1: Exactly, i kind of wanted to get to that because you can use this as like fun. You can use this at a, like, let's say a fundamental level. Yeah, but you can also use it just to add a little bit of value. If you if you just do something which is above and beyond what the norm is doing, so in your example, the Sonus with the Spotify subscription, you know, it's not hard to do, is it? And it doesn't cost a lot to do. And yet, who who's That's advertising true. that in their properties? So it can set you apart, and therefore you can let your property, yeah, property perhaps know. you can command a small premium, et cetera. So um, I see you know potentially in that direction even if you don't want to go you know big yeah, it's, a,
2: it's a differentiator isn't it and it also in, in in if it was if i was coming in to to rent that um property or have a look at that room and someone was offering me something like that just those uh you know like I say relatively inexperienced bits um, you it would give me the impression that well perhaps this land you know I, i've not seen this before perhaps this landlord cares a little bit more than everybody else you know. Because it gives that impression. And, and that's a real key, isn't it? If you think that your property owner or your landlord is actually, you know, um, interested in your comfort or cares a little bit more, that, that's going to give you that, that nice, warm feeling.
1: I agree. Hey, you've just said nice, warm feeling. and I'm going I'm I'm to use that as a segue to my next point, which you probably can guess. <laughs> It's all about heating control and heating and energy ut- utilization. Did you like that? That was quite clever, wasn't it? You? Uh, but That's a great well, segue. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, stop the self-congratulation, Richard, um, and get on to the point, which is well, we can use some of this technology whilst we're remote uh, or, while, you know, in a smarter way to improve energy efficiency in our properties. So obviously if a tenant's in a property and it's a single-let property, they're usually responsible for the bills. Um, and you know, there's a tendency for us to think, well, it's not really anything to do with us. But, you know, I mentioned, for example, HMOs and serviced accommodation or short term lettings where the, the landlord is definitely responsible for the bills or in most cases they are anyway. Uh, and I guess in those particular areas and, um, in, you know, as a priority, some of these heating control systems um, could be beneficial. Could you just talk through how that could be utilised perhaps for a landlord? And absolutely.
2: Notice? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's various um, Various products out there on the market, such as the one I think everybody's aware of the one that looks amazing on the wall is that is the nest um, is the nest system um, which uses again uses some quite uh, clever computing in the background to actually sort of analyze how you use the property and create algorithms so that uh, and, and assumptions on how you use your heating uh, to try and um, give you a saving on uh, on heating the same the same house so I think some of these companies are quoting they can their their algorithms can offer you 30% uh, cost savings based on not changing any of the installation in your property but actually just installing these systems and um and just the way it's turning them on and off and the, the various temperatures it's pulling it can offer you a saving the one system i quite like and i've got some experience with is a uh, is a system called netemo which does uh, very similar things to nest um the controllers are not quite as beautiful and are not quite as tactile but um, it they they what they're typically trying to do is to create for the home is a zoned heating system without having to repipe or replumb the home so um, in, in, in layman's terms, you you install a device on the boiler, which uh, again is connected to the internet, which uh, is able to trigger the boiler um, or the or the heating system on and off. And then on every radiator in the house, you you then attach a thermostatic valve, which um, has a connection to uh, to the internet or to the Wi-Fi and to the relay that's controlling the boiler. And then via the use of a dashboard on your computer or, or, or a smartphone you're able to set default temperatures um, for various rooms. So what is clever about this is that the the thermostats on each radiator are able to uh, independently talk to the boiler, turn the boiler on and off, and shut off radiators and open up radiators in various parts of the house. So for example, where this could be uh, useful is let's say um, you, your child 's nursery is uh, on the back of the house and it has two external walls it's on the corner of the house and you perhaps find that when the heating is off at night that that room cools down a little bit quicker than the rest of the rooms in the house because of the two external walls or, or for other reasons you might want to say well I never want my child 's bedroom to drop below nineteen degrees now in conventional heating systems if that radiator then was to turn on your boiler would come on and it would start heating the rest of the house mm-hmm. because all of the radiators would heat up but what the new systems do is all of the other thermostatic valves in all of the other rooms in the house would then get a signal from from the system and close off and then only the one radiator in the, in the child's nursery would then start heating up again just to bring that room up to the default ambient level that you've set and then would turn off again and the thermostat on that radiator would send a message to the boiler say right we're now where we want to be turn the heating system back off so it's very clever and obviously the uh, not having to repipe or replumb it effectively being a retrofit system is fantastic, and with all of these systems, you get a nice dashboard layout, and it starts uh, through the way that you're controlling it, and the way you set it. They in the in the back, they start creating an algorithm, and uh, it becomes an intelligent heating system. But they they are there. I have one in my own house. So I um, I'm slowly adding more um valves to the system because I've got a lot of radiators in my house and the valves uh, are anywhere between 50 and, and 80 pounds per radiator so there is a an, you know there is a cost associated with if you wanted to do your whole house in one go you know there's a there's a right. few thousand pounds to to invest but uh, the ROI on that I would imagine is pretty is pretty fast
1: well, yeah, I mean, just heating bills, you said 30% saving, and that's just, pu- I guess, it's a, a fairly simple, you know, complete household solution where you control the thermostat. I mean, I, I remember, for example, years ago, as a student, we we had a student house, and you know, probably know what I'm about to say. Um, you know, the heating was on full blast, but then when it got hot, we just opened all the windows and doors. Yeah yeah uh, you know, and so yeah. you know what was going on was just we're letting in well, it's, it out, interesting,
2: you know. it's interesting you said that Richard actually because another feature of uh these clever thermostats is they're actually sensitive enough to to detect that you've done that um and it will close off that associated radiator that that's detected that um rapid heat drop. So it is is detected they will you know they're sensitive enough to say well that has been a you know a rapid um Decline in temperature in this room. That I can only associate that with someone opening opening a window. So then um, they, that will actually close off uh, the the valve or, or the heating system in that situation. So uh, that's quite a nice example of what you said there of how these heating system, this modern um, technology, is overcoming things like that and exactly it doesn't it's not necessarily students that would do that as well if you've got young teenage kids there and they're a bit warm in a room they're going to do exactly the same aren't
1: they yeah exactly I was using as an example but I mean I've got an HMO where I looked at this sort of technology myself and when I went there myself I like like to do what's called a sleep test I won't you know bore you with it but just kind of experience what it's like in my own property so uh, there was a there was a spare room, the sticky room I mentioned earlier. Actually, one of those properties. I went. What's going on with this room? So I went and stayed there. And the first thing that hit me was was I was walking into the Sahara Desert. You know, walked into the door, and you know, someone had just put the thermostat up to about twenty eight or something. Yeah, it, it was boiling hot. You know, and <laughs> uh, you know, of course, and it was like one central thermostat controlling the whole house. So it's exactly what you say. Um, So I think this has taken us into what is really smart technology. I think that's where the name comes from and how you can use it. But what uh, kind of, um, well, there were two things I wanted to say, just maybe before I go into the area of control and and how how easy it is. But before that, the other other sort of example I had is I went on holiday recently and unfortunately um, we had a flood. Um, uh basic there was a, in that case it was a leak from a roof and uh, came into our property whilst we were away uh, so that was quite a, ni- a nice surprise <laughs> when we got back yeah you yeah, talk yeah. you talked earlier about sort of using this sort of technology for maybe leak detection and things like that thing didn't you um could that have yeah. helped could that have helped us? <laughs>
2: well it certainly wouldn't have prevented the leak no. <laughs> so, so um but what leak detection uh, would do is will certainly potentially pre- prevent any um extended damage to the property uh you know it, it's going to enable you to nip a uh, a situation in the bud as soon as possible so leak detection has been around for for many years but typically has been uh has been Stuck in the in my experience in the commercial sector, so leak detection uh, has been very important in commercial like server rooms and data farms, obviously where you know lots of very important computers that that it needs to be a very controlled environment. But um, with the advent of smart and with the advent of all of these uh, Wi-Fi enabled devices and the Internet of Things, this is just one extra thing that's actually become um, available for the residential uh, the residential market at a price point that's affordable. So it is effectively a sensor that uh, has a small power supply that you would plug in, and the ones that I've seen are. Um, they are effectively like a, a piece of rope that you can lay behind things. So it might be that you put a, you, you lay some of this around the perhaps the back of a boiler or near to a boiler wherever it's deemed safe or, or in an attic space or, or in, in a bathroom, perhaps under a bath. Um, and they would sit, sit on your network. And when they, um, when they get damp, they make a connection and they they can do lots of things they can send you an alert to your smartphone they can they can email your uh your if you've got an agent managing your property it can send an email to uh, your property manager saying leak detected at this location you know it needs investigating so where that would have perhaps helped you richard is let's say your did you say it was a leak through your roof uh it was it was yeah So it's, you know, you know, if that was left for some period of time, perhaps it could have brought a ceiling down or if it was, or if it was actually a burst pipe due to the cold or um, a shower that's leaking behind a bath panel that over time is going to, you know, perhaps rot floorboards or bring a ceiling down on the floor below. You know, early information and early intervention is perhaps going to save any problems. The owner you know a large investment after the ceilings come down in the lounge downstairs so it's going to it's going to enable you to nip uh nip these faults in the bud and give give you knowledge of them yes. that you would never have Let, let's say you've got a you know all the silicon around your bath in your tenant's shower is cracked and you could go in and you can see that it's cracked but you know in my experience tenants aren't um you know aren't always going to see something like that and think it should be reported straight away. so you, you know, you would know a lot sooner than you would normally know and you'd be able to act upon that information. That's how leak detection would, would really help a, um, help a landlord.
1: Well, I mean, I've just when you relayed some of those examples, all of the above, you know, so in my own case, this leak can happen for four days continuously and cause extensive damage to uh, ceilings, right. walls and uh, cupboards wow. and flooring. So it was very expensive, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that particular damage. So that was one. The second one is that we, I've had a property where a ceiling has come down um, and it's come down because there was persistent uh, leakage in, in between uh, floorboards, basically uh, on, on between a level, a floorboards on one level and ceiling on the next. And eventually, of course, it just came down. And then the very simple ones yeah. happen quite a lot um, leaky uh, around the bath, uh, seeping through, and eventually coming down to leak into the kitchen ceiling and, you know, What what could have been quite a simple, you know, putting an extra seal around or replacing the seal around the bath, quick job, into quite a a significant one of trying to repair damage to a ceiling below, etc. So I can see quite a lot of actual applications of that kind of technology. And if you say it's quite affordable now, um, then it's it's more accessible and, and it's more preventative, isn't it? These are preventative issues.
2: It's preventative that I think that's the that's the key word there yeah is um you know it, it, if you're triggered you get you get an alert and you just speak to your your local maintenance guy and you can say look you know i'm having a few alerts or i've had an alert can you let's just liaise with the tenant and let's have you go around for half an hour and just do a just do a you know a quick health inspection of all the rooms you know it might uh, it might um, encourage you to do something like that and then you know get ahead of these problems sounds like you've been very unlucky with your leads which is <laughs> yeah, a, a problem
1: <laughs> just to call on you to get to go and put some of these devices into some of my properties Well, <laughs> yeah, we ended on me being a bit unlucky with water leaks and, and that sort of thing, but um, it was different properties over extended period of time. I've got a number of properties, so... Um, it's not every single property I have has a water leak, I uh, hasten to add, but um, need, needless to say, uh, certainly leak detection and some of the other technologies that Andy started to relay there, I hope you found it as interesting as I did uh, in terms of what's available off the shelf now and with this internet of things and the communication that's available and uh, the control from it from your mobile phone in your pocket. Uh, it was all, you know, really interesting to me. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, that's the first half of this conversation um, normally I try and keep the uh, the whole interview with somebody about the length of this uh, first half, but I really enjoyed talking to Andy and he's just fascinating with some of the, um, the practical illustrations of the technology. So i let it roll. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We're going to return next week for the second half of that. Um, I guess if you just want to get hold of Andy in the meantime, uh, I'll give you a bit of a signpost. Um, if you go to his website, throughmytv.com, so www.throughmytv.com, Uh, you'll be able to find out more about him and the services that he offers so uh, perhaps reach out to him Um, but I'll give you some uh, some further pointers at the end of the, the show next week uh, as we just uh, go on to talk about that a little bit more, but hope you enjoyed that. It's very much uh, at the practical end uh, of what is here and now. We didn't really get into—it's uh, certainly not in this half of the conversation—some um, sort of airy fairy stuff that might be might or might not be coming downstream. This stuff is here now. Uh, there are a lot of things we spoke about. So get your teeth into that. Hopefully, it helped, and uh, we'll return again next week for the rest of that conversation but um, the show notes will be over at the website thepropertyvoice.net uh, and of course as always you can get hold of me at podcasts at thepropertyvoice.net if you want an introduction to any of my guests if you want to talk about anything from today's show or indeed anything at all about property uh, whatsoever and uh, yeah I'm a little bit demob happy I suppose in a strange place so I'm just going to leave it at that hope you enjoyed the show and we'll catch you again next week bye for now